See you all here. I wish you could get up here and just take a look and see everybody like you guys are a good looking bunch. You know what? Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're looking good today. Yeah, just take a moment. Well, we're continuing in our series called Blessed. Now, many of us, when we talk about blessings, you may say, hey, you know what? I've been blessed. God, God didn't want me to buy a new car, or I've been blessed with a new job. Like, we all have our own paradigm of what blessings are. And I'm not, in, I'm not talking about those kind of blessings today. I'm not talking about the kind of thing where, like, you put on your license plate, adored, you know? No, I'm, I'm talking about blessings that God has given us that maybe we don't even recognize. We talked last week about we're all blessed with a need. And the need is for Jesus Christ, right? That we need to know him as our savior. We're blessed with a need for community. God puts us together for a purpose that we would be a light to this earth. Well, this morning we're talking about that we're blessed with a burden. And now maybe maybe some of you are like, I got enough burdens. I don't want a burden. I want the new car. I want the new job. Like that's the blessing I'm looking for. Yeah, well, just wait because see, there's something amazing. Our, Our vision here at Shiloh is to know God to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And when we start to understand that we're blessed with a burden, God starts to do something on the inside of our hearts that all of a sudden, like, why isn't anybody else seeing what I'm seeing? Like, why, why, aren't, we, why aren't we taking action? And, and we start to step into what our purpose is. It will transform your life like nothing else. When you recognize and you start to participate in what God has called you to do, you start making a difference, and man, it, it juices you. I, I don't know. It's, it's incredible what God does in our lives when we do that. So this morning, we're going to be talking about blessed with a burden. Have there ever been, has there ever been a time in your life where like, you see something, and just it wells up within you like, what's going on is not right. It's not fair. Like There's an injustice. Does, does that ever happen to you where like, you're just gripped? Yes, there's one amen back there. I see her. Um, or, or is there something that you're just deeply bothered? Maybe you'd say you're divinely unsettled, right? God has given us all a divine burden. What is that burden that he wants us to find out, right? So, so I think for some of us, we may know what that burden is. For some of us, we may say, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. It doesn't really make sense to me. Well, I'm going to help us all this morning because we're going to take a lesson out of the page of Popeye. Yeah, did he just say Popeye? Yeah, he said Popeye. All right, so you know who Popeye is, right? Who's his girlfriend? Olive oil. What's the guy that comes that always tries to steal olive oil? Brutus, right? So so Brutus always comes and he tries to steal olive oil away from Popeye. And if you know Popeye, something happens at that moment. Now, first service, they got it wrong. So think about this. What's the first thing Popeye does? I know, they said the same thing. He doesn't need spinach. He says this. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. Okay, did you catch it? He says, that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. So this is how you know when God has given you a divine burden. Not that you have to say exactly what Popeye said. But like there's something that rises up within you and you're like, that's it. That's enough. I can't, I can't see this go on anymore. I got to take action. Now, like Popeye, maybe you got to like crush the spinach can, throw back some spinach, go boom, boom, and then like take care of business, right? Maybe not. Um, But anyway, but there's something that happens 
when, when something, when it rises up within us and we're like, that's, I can't take it anymore. I see what's going on in the world. It's an injustice. It's, it's something that affects us so much. That's the beginning of us finding out what is our burden in life, okay? So I want to I wanna give us three different ways that we can identify our burden. And it, I'm going to give it to you in the form of questions that we can ask ourselves. And then as we, as we dive into these questions, what breaks your heart? What makes you angry? What do you care about that others don't? We're going to look at each one of these questions, and we're, looking at, we're going to look into a portion of Scripture and just see how did God give a burden? How did, how did God... Um, reveal this to people in the scripture. We're going to see three different stories this morning. And then we're going to talk about, frankly, how some of us, we don't respond well when, when God tries to give us a burden. So we'll talk about how not to respond. And then we're going to talk about how to respond. All right. So that's where we're headed. Would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father God, we need your spirit here this morning. Lord, we want to understand what is it that you've called us to do God, as, as we think about our, our vision statement to know you, to find freedom, to discover purpose and make a difference, God, how do we discover the purpose that you've, you've put us here on this earth for? Lord, as we discover that purpose, how do we go forward and make a difference? Lord, I pray you speak to all of our hearts today by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so what is it that breaks your heart? We find in the book of Nehemiah a story about a man in the Old Testament where he was um, a remnant. He had left Jerusalem because Jerusalem had been taken over, and he's living in Persia now. He doesn't really understand what's going on in Jerusalem, but word comes to him about what Jerusalem is like. And here's the words that we find in Nehemiah 1, verse 3. It's told to him, the wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And Nehemiah says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Isn't that incredible? Like Nehemiah hears something now. He could have said, oh yeah, wow, bummer, dude. Sorry for those, you know, Israelites still in Jerusalem that their place is all torn up. Or wow, I'm sure glad I'm in Persia and I'm not in Jerusalem. Like he could have gone so many other directions. But there was something he heard news that many other people heard the same news. And all of a sudden he's like, I got to leave Persia. Like, there's nothing else I can do. I got to find a team of people. I got to mobilize. I got to go to my king. I got to go back to Jerusalem, and I got to help rebuild the wall for the sake of what, who God is and what he's doing in my life. I have to go. So it's amazing when you read the rest of Nehemiah, because, like, how many of you know the patriots, their line that says, do your job, right? You ever hear that line, right? They got T-shirts, do your job. Nehemiah coined that phrase in so many words because he goes back to Jerusalem with a plan. And he's like, hey, all of you are living in the city and the whole wall is torn down. So you know what, Doug, the wall in front of your house, you take care of it. Delia, the wall in front of your house, you take care of it. Jerry, you take... And like everybody had to take care of the wall in front of their own house. And the wall got rebuilt in an amazing amount of time because God put a burden, a divine burden in Nehemiah's heart He's like, I got to do this. He had a plan, and he went, and he executed his plan. So what is it that breaks our heart? Right? The one hand back there was Angela. Ask her about Angel Army. It's a 5013C she started. Why? Because God broke her heart for seeing people that can't take care of themselves in this this world. They're homeless. They're aging. They're, they're, They're living on the streets, and they have no one to help, and the system has failed them. She's like, I got to do something. That's what happens when God breaks your heart. You've got to take action. That's what we see with Nehemiah. So 
you want to understand your burden, start by asking God, what is it that breaks my heart? Second question we can ask ourselves, what is it that makes us angry? You know, and I'm not talking about pet peeves, right? I, I got my pet peeves like you guys might have your pet peeves. You get me on the phone with Verizon, and I just like the blood boils because they always want to say no to me, whatever I'm asking them, right? And then the whole time I'm listening to this recording, our customers are our most valued, you know, person, blah, blah, blah. So, like, finally I tried this once. Don't try this. But, like, I got, they finally came back, and I said, look, I'm the customer, and I'm not satisfied, yeah, I did, they still said no. It didn't work for me. What, so, you know, honey works better than vinegar. That's what I've learned. That's what my wife's been trying to tell me. It's great. Or another pet peeve, when you're driving on the highway, you're going up the hill, and like one tractor trailer decides he's going to pass another tractor trailer. And guess what? No, neither one of them can go past 40. And the guy, like, he tries to inch forward, and then he slows down. I'm like, just move over. You're holding up the whole highway. I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what makes you angry. That's what makes you angry in the flesh. I'm asking you, what makes you divinely, it disturbs you? What, what, what is it that like you see it and you're like, that's just wrong? Like, how can we sit here and just let this go on? Like, it's wrong. So we're going to look into the book of Exodus and we're going to look at a man named Moses. So Moses, at that time, Pharaoh had said that no... No young boys can be be born and stay alive. They had to kill all the boys. And his mom didn't want to kill him. She hit him. And then finally she hatched a plan where she put him in a basket in the reeds in the river so that what? So that Pharaoh's daughter who was coming to the river uh, to bathe would see this little baby boy and she would adopt him. And, And it worked. The Pharaoh's daughter saw Moses in a basket. She retrieves him and Moses grows up in privilege. He doesn't know what it's like to be a Hebrew and, and be a slave. And then we pick up the story in Exodus 2. It says, many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions and making sure Noah was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and he hid the body in the sand. All right, so I feel like I, I need to put out the disclaimer professional stunt drivers only. Smoke has been added to this scene. Like, do not try this at home. No one go back to your community and kill somebody when you see an injustice. I'm not suggesting that. Moses didn't respond well. But like, what happened? Why did Moses just snap? Because there was something that made him angry. He saw an injustice going on, and he's like, this is wrong. Now, this was all part of dealing in Moses' life. He had to go away and go to the wilderness for 40 years, God calls him. But you know what? Then, then Moses finally ends up coming back. And what does he say to Pharaoh? It was Popeye. It says, I can't stand it no more, right? And, and, but, but Moses told Pharaoh, look, you've got to let these people go. And God uses Moses in an amazing miracle to let the, the uh, Israelites leave Egypt and they get out of, out of, get out of the slavery there. It all started with what made him angry, right? There's a Mother Teresa, you know her. She works in Ethiopia, and she says this, when I see waste, I feel angry on the inside. I don't approve of myself for getting angry, but it's something I can't help after seeing the people in Ethiopia. So there's something. If, if God is putting a burden on you, it, you may know it because there's something that just, it's a divine anger that happens on the inside. You see something go on. So that's number two. Number three, what do you care about that others don't, right? So have you ever looked at something, you're like, why isn't everybody else passionate about this? Why is it just me? 
Where, don't you see what I'm seeing? But like it's not affecting you the way it's affecting me. Why is that? So there's a story in Samuel about this young boy named David. And see, David is the youngest in his family, and he's not allowed to go to the front lines when the, the Israelites are, are fighting the Philistines. And he's like, Dad, why do I got to be the one to stay home with sheep? Why, why do I have to be here? So finally his, his father says to him, David, look, here's some cheese. Take this cheese and bring it to your brothers on the front line. So David goes to the front line with his cheese, and as he gets there, he sees this thing unfold, and it's this giant named Goliath coming from the Philistines, and he's taunting the Israelites, hey, who of you is brave enough to fight me? Just one of you come fight me, and whoever wins takes the whole deal. And, and we pick up the story in 1 Samuel 17. David says this to the men standing next to him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? All of the army of Israel was listening to Goliath day after day after day. But David shows up one day, and all of a sudden, he's like, hey, what's going on? It's just not right. This cannot happen any longer. Like, what's going to happen for the guy that's going to take this monster on? I know God will be with us. Like, God, you, you can't allow this to happen. Something rises up within David, and he ends up going, and he fights Goliath and wins. Right? What do you care about that others don't care about? You know, it's, it's funny. When we start to get burdened for the things that, that others don't care about, that's how leaders are born, right? Jerry St. Jean, think about this man. He comes to Shiloh, and within a year's time, he's like, we need to have a food pantry in Shiloh. There's so many people. Jerry, you want to lead the food pantry? Yes. You know, okay, here's some, some actions. You gather, you know, a board of, of people that, that can can oversee the ministry, you get five teams or three teams. I forget what we asked him five years ago, but like in a one week's time, he had harnessed a whole bunch of volunteers and the shallow food pantry got born. So, you know, maybe God is putting something on your heart. You see a need. Maybe he's calling you to action. There's something for you to lead. There's something for you to get involved in, something for you to do about it, right? Maybe you look and you see, okay, I have a burden to see the lost get saved, but when they get saved, who's discipling them? Maybe that's for you. Maybe that's what God is trying to put on your heart. Or maybe you look at the environment and the world we live in, and you're like, something's got to be done. I need to take this to the streets and start doing something more about our environment. Or, or inner city kids, I don't know what your burden might, might be, but maybe you look at inner city kids and you're like, who's going to be there for them? And you want to start to go volunteer at Roca Kids, and maybe you want to start another ministry in addition to Roca Kids. Right, but the question I ask ourselves this morning is, what are you burdened by? I would love in small group this week that all of our small groups start off with the question, hey, do you know what your divine burden is? Because, you know, how many of you feel like you know what your divine burden is? Anybody? Yeah, we got a couple of hands raised. I would love for us to share, hey, this is, this is what my divine burden is, and this is how I came to find out. Because I think there's a lot of us, at least by the hands raised, that we don't know what our divine burden is. But you see, God has something for all of us. If you're above ground and you're breathing, God's got a, he's got a purpose for you, and he's got a plan, and he wants you to fulfill that purpose. We just got to figure, figure out what it is. So maybe in small groups this week, we start off with, hey, what's, what's the thing that you've been blessed with? What's that divine burden look like? And then we start to pray through that, right? What is it that breaks your heart? What is it that makes you angry? What is it that others care about, that you care about that others don't, right? Maybe that's, 
we all start asking ourselves these questions, and maybe God starts to reveal to us, hey, this is what I want you to do. See, there's part of his heart and his character and his nature that he's put within each one of us. And, and we're here to express that to the world. But we have to figure it out. That's part of understanding what does it mean to discover our purpose and to make a difference. You know, I look back in my own life. 13 years ago, my kids were young. Now they're all, they're all growing up. I got two married, one out of college, one who's a junior in college. But they were young. My oldest was in high school. My oldest two were in high school. I was here at this church. I was an elder. I was happy on a Friday night, Saturday night, whatever it was. I forget the night. Just sent them in a youth group. And you know what? The person leading youth group, something happened in his life, and he needed to leave. We had no youth group leader. I'm like, how, how can this be? Like, we, we have to have a youth group. I didn't particularly feel called. I didn't have this, like, moment where the angels in heaven spoke to me. But I stepped into youth ministry and have been doing it for 13 years. And you know how many kids have been impacted over the course of those years? I'm doing weddings now of kids that I had starting in junior high. It's crazy. Well, like I was available. I I didn't realize this was something God wanted me to do, but it had been an incredible blessing in my life to have that burden because it was my kids. It was your kids. It was our kids. And they needed something. I I think about what happened to Melissa when, when she went, and she had that burden for missions and how God just dramatically changed her life. I remember my first mission trip. My oldest was in high school. She's like, Dad, I want to do a mission trip for Shiloh, and we're going to go to Ukraine. I've never been hardly to Canada, let alone Ukraine. I'm like, all right, Emily, I will help you do a mission trip for Shiloh. And we did a mission trip to Ukraine. And you know what? Then my, my, my other daughter, Hannah, decided she wanted to, to collect. She wanted to do a 5K and collect shoes for Haiti. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. And she collects 5,000 pairs of shoes, and now I got to go with her to Haiti to help her distribute these shoes. I'm like, well, if I'm going to go, then we're going to open up a youth trip. And we started to do youth trip after youth trip every year, going to Haiti. Why? Because I just stepped into it, but I didn't even know it was coming. What is it that God could be birthing within you? Right? What would it look like for you to say, what are you burdened by? Maybe it's what you see that others don't see. Maybe it's something that gets you angry, right? Maybe it's something that breaks your heart. But I know that God, righteous anger, yes. I, I know that God has given each one of us a burden. So did you know there's some wrong ways to approach your burden? Right? First one, first wrong way is to complain about it. Right? It's always someone else's fault. Now, of course, no one here in Shiloh would ever do this. I, I know you all too well, right? But someone else, maybe going to another church, they're going to see something and they're going to say, yeah, it's the government's fault. Oh, yeah, it's this, it's that. And we, it's always someone else's problem. And we just want to complain. We want to whine. So I'm going to be very unpastor-like. And, and very unshepherded, and I just want to say, shut up to all the people that are complaining and whining. That's not what God would have you do. God would have you say, okay, if you see something, is he putting a burden on your heart? Right? Don't complain about it. That's, that's problem number one. Here's the second problem. Maybe we would try to ignore it. Right? How many of us, like, you see those commercials on TV, and they show you the kids that are starving, and you're like, yeah, let's change the channel. That's making me feel uncomfortable. I, I don't want to pursue that or see that anymore. I'd rather just go to something, like, that's just going to make me feel warm and fuzzy and good. So we'll try to ignore it. Maybe we try to stuff it down. Maybe we try to push it away. No, maybe, maybe God's breaking our heart, and we need to embrace what he's doing in our lives because there's something for us there. Or maybe we try to appease it. 
you know, so we're, we're really good in the church that a missionary comes in and it's like on the way out and they do have a box on the way out, I think. Yeah, they do have a box. We just want to put five bucks in the box. Or maybe someone's watching, we're going to put 10 bucks in. Now, I'm not saying sometimes your burden is to give and you're a generous giver and that's what God's call and his, and his purpose is for you is, is to gain wealth and to give. That could be amazing. But for some of us, it's just a way of appeasing our conscience to say, I'm going to give a few dollars and, and, oh, look at me. I did something wonderful for Linda and Melissa. Wasn't that great? Yeah, we don't want to appease it. We want to embrace that disturbing feeling. We want to embrace that thing that's unsettling us and say, God, what is it that you've called me to do? What is my burden? So those are the wrong ways. Here's the right way to embrace your burden. And this is, this is following in that story about Isaiah. Right? So, so when God spoke to Isaiah... Isaiah was touched when he got called by God. This is what he says in Isaiah 6, 5. He goes, woe to me. I'm ruined. Maybe we need to let our burdens ruin us, right? That's what happened with Isaiah. He goes, I'm ruined from a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King and the Lord Almighty. So God starts calling Isaiah, and he's like, yeah, how can I do anything? I'm, I'm ruined, God. I'm undone. I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to do. But like he starts to continue to press into that. God, what is it that you would have me do? And the second thing is, okay, he didn't stop by being ruined. He let God allow to move him to action. So this is what Isaiah says next. He goes, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah goes, here I am. Pick me, God. Pick me. God, I'll answer your call. Here I am. Send me. How many of us would be willing this morning if God showed you what's the burden that he's put on your heart, that he's blessed you with a burden, that you would say, yep, here I am, God, send me. You know what? The send me doesn't, we don't start with that. We start with the, oh my gosh, I'm wrecked over this thing. Like this disturbs me more than anybody else. If you don't have the call, you'll never have the send me. But you need to answer that call. And and we've talked about a couple of the ways that we find that. You know, I think for some of us, we may already be in our call, but we, we may be mis- mistaking what a call is, right? So if you're here today, maybe you're a mom. You know, your call is to be a mom to your kids. It's not like you got to go find some other ministry to be, but maybe in that calling to be a mom, God wants you to do more and he wants you to have a play group together, right? I'm, I'm not saying you got to take away what God has already put right in front of you, but for some of us, we don't know what that, we don't know what's breaking our heart. We don't know what's disturbing us. And we got to ask God, God, what is that? So I would ask you this morning, stand with me as we close. Would you be willing to pray a prayer like this today? Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Because I think if we're willing as a community of believers to pray a simple prayer like this, God, would you just break my heart for what breaks yours? God will, God will, he comes for our prayers. He will answer your prayer. He will show you what your divine purpose is. He will bless you with that divine burden. And then you'll, go, you'll move forward into the most exciting part of your life, which is making a difference in what he's called you to do. You know, now you may be here this morning and you be like, Greg, hey, you're talking about divine burdens. I got enough burdens of my own. Like I'm so weighed down, I can't handle anything else. You know, so maybe, maybe we need to back up. Maybe you need to first come to find Jesus, come to know God and find freedom. That's okay. I'm not asking you to take on more. I'm asking you to come and be introduced 
to who Jesus is, that, that he came to this earth and died on the cross for your sin, for my sin. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, if, if I would say, how do you know God and your answer is to go to church on a Sunday? No, I need to introduce you to my Jesus. He wants to have a relationship with you. Please come talk to me after service. All right, but let's pray. Father, as we close today, God, I thank you for this prayer. Lord, would you break our heart for what breaks yours? God, we don't, we don't want to listen to a sermon about blessed with a burden and just walk out of here and, and get a sandwich and call it a day. Lord, we want you to touch our heart for what's that purpose that you've put within all of us, Lord. You've called us to something. Lord, help us understand what you're calling us. Help us move forward, not just to know our purpose, but to make a difference. And God, I pray that you would do something amazing within Shiloh, Lord, that that as we understand what our calling is and our purpose, Lord, this church would be a beacon of light to this community, to the unsaved, Lord. There's no stopping what you can do through us. But Lord, we first surrender to you, God. Would you break our heart for what breaks yours today? So God, I thank you for answering that prayer for each one of us. And I pray for us as a community this week as we talk about this in small group. Lord, do something amazing. Do something miraculous. We ask you all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, have a great day. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, please come forward. I'd love to pray with you. Thank you.